Good evening. A little louder, please. Oh, I heard that. Thank you, Pastor. Boy, it sure is good to see all of you out there tonight. There are some familiar and friendly faces that have been so supportive of me in my journey, and I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you. I have one person I appreciate more than all of you, uh, though, and that person is Carla Sundberg. (laughs) I just want to let you know that she has been a deep blessing to my life. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, before I moved here to Fort Wayne and started coming to Grace Point as my church, I didn't realize that a girl could get up here uh, behind this podium (laughs) and do this. Just didn't realize it. So for about 35 years, I had some gifts and some uh, things that the Lord wanted me to do that were lying dormant. And when I came here to church and I met Carla, um, she opened up some new doors for me. And she has meant uh, more to me in my journey than I can really express to you. But I wanted to let her know that. And Pastor Chuck, I appreciate you too. So. <laughs> A few more lines were etched around his eyes this time, and his face looked weary. Yet his voice rang out clearly as his memory brought back his favorite psalm, the family psalm, Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. As a retired pastor, he used this psalm many times to comfort his family and his congregation. But today he was reassuring himself. He was counting on the truth generations had memorized and carried with them to war, to work, and to ministry. Surely he will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Hands joined around the circle at this year's Burden Family Reunion. And some watched as Uncle Mickey's mind and heart came pouring out through the words he recited, the ones that are counted on and treasured up each year. And I closed my eyes. We store up this psalm, this psalm of protection, for the times when we need it most. You will not fear the terror of night, he continued, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment 
of the wicked. I began to wonder if Uncle Mickey was thinking about Aunt Leora's death as the psalm continued. I wondered if Psalm 91 means something more to him now, something more this year, something that is hard to talk about without tears. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. It struck me that this psalm of protection does not protect us from physical death. As I hold David's hand, the same hand that reached out to his mother two weeks prior as she slipped away into the presence of Jesus. No, this psalm of protection means something more. Ultimate protection. The kind of protection that we stake our lives and our deaths upon. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm 91 is an invitation to you and me. It's an invitation to protection. It's been called a powerhouse of promises. I like that. It's recited or read to people on their sick beds and their deathbeds. Memorized by soldiers who are going off to war. Members of the Dutch resistance clung to it during the Holocaust. And just in the past four weeks or so, I've decided to start memorizing it myself. Probably gotten about five verses in. During a time of loss here at our church, it is helping to sustain me. And so my prayer tonight is that it will also help to sustain you. One thing that I've noticed about this psalm after sitting with it, memorizing it, reading up on it, is that the protection offered here in this psalm is for anyone. Anyone, that is, that needs deliverance. If you're wondering if that is you, it is. We all need deliverance. Some of us here tonight are grieving the loss of a spouse or a friend, and we need deliverance. We need God to remind us of his love and to find refuge underneath his wings. And others might be struggling with deep uncertainty or loneliness, with temptations or some of life's messes that just happen to us 
And we need to know that we have not been forgotten. We need a refuge and a fortress. All of us are dealing with the loss of two amazing pastors right here. And we need to rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So if you remember nothing else about what I'm going to say tonight, please remember this. No God, no deliverance. To know God is to know deliverance. Say it with me. No God, no deliverance. As I was thinking through what I was going to talk about in tonight's sermon, I came up with two goals for the sermon. And one of them is that I would like to, for you to walk away believing that to know God is to know deliverance. If that happens tonight, then one of the goals for the sermon will have been accomplished. And I'll be a happy girl going home tonight. And then I came up with another goal. I was praying that at least five people would come up after the sermon and say, you know what, I'd also like to memorize Psalm 91. Because then we could recite it together, and we could be in this together, and it could marinate in our hearts, and it could bring us refreshment and peace. A peace that passes understanding and transcends all of our circumstances, no matter what they are. That's what I'm hoping for here tonight. You can be a part of making that happen. Well, frankly, we could be here all night if I were to go all the way through Psalm 91. It would be the ultimate mini-seminar on divine protection. But Pastor Chuck said no. No, just kidding. He didn't didn't say no. But there is a time limit. (laughs) There is a time limit. We don't have that kind of time. So I thought it would be good to focus in on the last three verses of the psalm, verses 14 through 16. See, the first 13 verses are a personal testimony to God's protection. To be honest with you, the psalmist was afraid. He was up against it. and Whatever danger he was facing, God delivered him. And then something great happened. In verses 14 through 16, instead of the psalmist speaking about how God protects him in each and every possible circumstance in life, God himself speaks. God himself wants us to know that to know God means to know deliverance. He says, I will rescue him and protect him. Jesus' followers across time have clung to Psalm 91 more than you would ever believe. Two of them were named Diet Eman and Hein Seitzma, two Christian teenagers in the country of Holland who fell in love, and their love, as glorious as it was, was tempered by their love for Christ. See, they put off getting married to run underground operations that would save countless Jews and other members of the Dutch resistance during the Holocaust. They were separated most of this time, but their letters and their diaries connected them, even when they couldn't go through the mail. And several of those letters happened to quote Psalm 91, as they reminded each other of God's protection. 
Diet writes to Hein in her diary just as the Allies had turned the tide and prisoners in the many concentration camps are being set free. And Diet hopes against hope that Hein will be one of them. Here's a paragraph from Diet's diary. And Hein, have you already been liberated? Are you free? They are 25 kilometers from Hamburg, and Bremen has been surrounded. Many prisoners are free already, but where are you? When I heard about Buchenwald, I turned ice cold. But Psalm 91 is for us, because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him, because he acknowledges my name. Oh, darling, said Deet, how happy we will be. But that particular happiness was not to be. Malnourished and weak, Hein died in one of the many concentration camps in which he was imprisoned. He almost made it till the end of the war, but instead he died, leaving Deet behind. So my question is, what does it mean when God says that he will rescue us and protect us? See, Christians across the century have told these harrowing stories of God's protection in which God came through for them against all odds. I know people who have experienced this personally. God's still in the business of doing these miracles, and I personally think we should ask for them. Yet sometimes, for reasons I can't always comprehend, God allows our loved ones to be taken. And sometimes he allows terrible danger and disaster and injustice. So is it still true that to know God means to know deliverance? Yes. Yes. For as Hein Seitzma died weak and battered in a Nazi prison camp, For his work on behalf of the helpless, God carried him home. Because he loves me, said the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. And that is ultimate protection. Life or death, ups or downs, tragedy or triumph. Acknowledge him. Know him. And you will be eternally protected. He will never leave you or forsake you. And no one can take away that protection. So just as we embrace God's protection around us, it comforts us to know that when we call on him, our cry doesn't fall on deaf ears. So let's look at verse 15 together. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. 
So you tell me, does God hear when his children cry out to him? Does he know their voice? Psalm 50, verse 15 says, yes. You can call on me in the day of trouble, and I'll answer you. You will not get a busy signal in your time of need. I will not be off running errands when you are at your most desperate. Not only do, you he- do I hear you, not only am I listening, I'll provide an answer. God is saying right here that he will come through for you. God's answer is not always the one that we asked for. We don't always see what only he can see as he lovingly cares for us. But we can trust a sovereign God who knows better than we do. No God, no deliverance. To be honest with you, though, God is offering us more than ready help in any difficulty. He offers us himself. He offers us his presence. Sometimes folks in ministry call this a ministry of presence. They they say, I showed up for them. I was there with them. I might not have said anything, but I was with them in their time of trouble. And it can be very powerful. Janice Williams reminded me of this a few weeks ago. She gave me the okay to share part of her story. Following the death of her husband, Ed, Janice has been struggling to make sense of life without him and to embrace the new thing that God has for her. So when I was talking to her, I encouraged her to read Psalm 91 every day for a week. She had a question for the Lord that was on her heart and mind. That question is one that many of us ask. Where is God in all of this? So I asked her if she would go home and read Psalm 91 and pull out her journal with her question and ask God, God, where are you in all of this? She did. And the next week she came in and she had a little smile on her face, which was a good sign. She said, you know what? It's obvious to me now. God is right here. He never went anywhere. Well, it fills me with hope to be reminded that no matter what comes, come hell or high water, God says he will be with us in trouble. He isn't going anywhere. He's right here. To know God is to know deliverance. Are you appreciating this powerhouse of promises from the Lord tonight? I hope so. There are more where these came from. Even more. Not only will I rescue and protect you, answer you, be with you in time of trouble, I will deliver him. And honor him, God says. So I encourage you to go back and reread this whole psalm later. You're going to memorize it anyway, right? So make sure you reread it. You'll see that God wants to deliver you in each and every circumstance of life. It doesn't matter what it is. It's total deliverance. It happens internally and externally. And it shows up in your emotions and in your spirit. And yes, even in your circumstances. 
Well, last Wednesday night after prayer meeting, I went home and checked my Facebook account just after 10 p.m. Got an instant message from a friend that I'll call Katie. Through a Bible study I was leading for women in addiction recovery, I got to know Katie, and I just got to appreciate her knowledge of God's word and also the way that she turned to God in her weakness. Well, Katie moved out of the program and got her own apartment. And unfortunately, uh, pretty soon, she quit coming to Bible study, and also she quit returning our messages. When she reached out to me on Wednesday night, she had turned back to alcohol, and she had hit bottom again. To be honest with you, she was in a horrible place. So when I went to visit Katie Thursday afternoon, I brought my Bible, and I read Psalm 91 to Katie. And to my surprise, Katie started to recite it with me. And then she asked me some questions through her tears. Will God take me back? She asked, how many chances does one person get? Does he really care about me after I messed up all over again? And with tears in my eyes, I said, yes. I can't explain it. And I don't fathom the depths of God's mercy. He promises right here. If we acknowledge him and turn to him, he will deliver us. Psalm 91 is for anyone who needs deliverance. It's for Katie. It's for Janice. It's for Deet and Hine. It's for me. And it's for you. You see, God longs to deliver us and to honor us. What a thrill to be honored by the God who created us to know him. But for any of this to happen, we have to turn to him and know him. We are given a choice. To know God is to know deliverance. Well, the last two promises in verse 16 are for the person who has entrusted his or her whole self to God. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So what does it mean to be satisfied in God? Well, the well-known preacher, Charles Spurgeon, said that the man or woman described in this psalm is completely satisfied when their life comes to an end. Spurgeon writes, He shall rise from life's banquet as a man who has had enough and would not have more, even if he could. Imagine it being that easy to let go when the time comes. Because you are so filled up with God. Bring it on. I am so satisfied with you, Lord, that I can't wait to simply be in your presence forever. 
And the salvation offered here goes beyond just an intellectual knowledge of salvation to a relationship. See, God wants to secure our future, make us satisfied in him, and ultimately to save us. But understand that this salvation starts now. He shows us his salvation. I don't know about you, but I'm overwhelmed at the sheer magnitude of what God promises here in the 91st Psalm. It sounds too good to be true, too awesome to be ours, and too complete to be real. And yet, it is. At this very moment, in this very room, our Heavenly Father's hands are open. And he is offering you a powerhouse of promises. He says, I want to rescue you, protect you, be with you in trouble, deliver you, honor you, satisfy you with long life, and show you my salvation. Know God. Know deliverance. See, God says if we love him, if we acknowledge him, if we call on him, then he'll deliver. There are no conditional clauses here. You are not the one exception to the protection God longs to offer to each of those he's created in his very image. There's only one condition. And that condition is a relationship. You see, a relationship with Jesus Christ is deliverance. A relationship with Jesus Christ is deliverance. Remember Uncle Mickey reciting the 91st Psalm. Well, his mother taught him the 91st Psalm when he was a boy because he was actually afraid of the dark. So he would recite it at night. You know what? He still does. He recites it in the night. He clings to it when he is worried or scared. And he treasures it up in his grief. To know God is to know deliverance. There aren't any exceptions. If you don't know him, you can. The first step is to see me or another pastor here tonight or actually anyone who knows Jesus. And we would love to introduce you to our deliverer. Or maybe you do know Jesus. <laughs> But you've kind of forgotten that he will be with you in trouble. Maybe you're reeling from loss and you need to remind yourself of God's promises each day and they need to become real to you. So I'd encourage you to memorize Psalm 91 and to own its promises for yourself. Pastor Chuck and Pastor Carla. 
I'm relieved to know that as you go from here into the next phase of ministry that you are called to, that God says, I will rescue and protect you, answer you, be with you in time of trouble, deliver you, honor you, satisfy you, and save you. And church, no matter who you are sitting here tonight, put your name in the blank. God says, I will rescue you and protect you, Susie. Answer you, Susie. And on and on it goes. This powerhouse of promises is yours for the taking. To know God means to know deliverance.